The Start On Demand. On demand. Dr. Brent Rusin says you should consider skipping Thanksgiving because of COVID. Will you skip it? And we'll talk about the confusing messaging on bars and restaurants as it pertains to the pandemic and COVID fatigue in general. We talked to a chef at Red River College who tells us just what exactly are pumpkins good for outside of pie and pumpkin spice lattes. And if you had to be stranded somewhere for a few months, where would it be? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, September 25th podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb, 16 degrees right now, looking for that forecast high of 26. Looks like it's going to be a glorious day, but it, is this going to be the last glorious day? I, uh, I hope not, but... I know lots of weather specialists, and uh, I'm not even going to attempt to predict this. Because there's one thing that I've learned about 2020, Loren, and that's not to try and predict anything because it's the most unpredictable year to date. I'm I'm having some deja vu this morning. Brett, did I not just yell at you last Friday for potentially trying to jinx the weekend weather? Probably. You yell at me a lot. Yeah, Come on. I would say (laughs) an average amount of yelling occurs at you. Just a... Medium, medium amount of maybe small to medium yelling. No, last Friday you were talking about how great the weekend forest forecast was going to be. And I was like, stop it. You're jinxing it. And now today you open with going to be 26. But then hell and fury is going to rain down on us with snow. I just, I know you didn't say that. But yeah, again. that's quite the jump. You're the one that just used the <laughs> S word, McNabb. That did not come out of Brett's mouth. I was like, I feel like we just went through this a week ago. Does nobody listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, today looks like a like a wonderful day. Weekend forecast, not all that great, but hopefully we do get another bounce back because September so far has been much better than last year and the year before that. Uh, so. If we, you know, we might have to check in. It's been a while. My gosh, it's been a while since we checked in with Dave Phillips, Environment Canada. So, my gosh, it's the 25th of September already. Yeah. It feels as though this week takes us from the middle. And of course, it does mathematically essentially take us from the middle to the end of September. But just the way the days have fallen now, all of a sudden on Monday, it'll be the 28th and October 1st is right on our doorstep and it feels like September has absolutely flown by in a lot of respects. Uh, It feels as though we just had Labor Day off to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gone by this whole, this year has been weird that way. It's, it's been kind of dragged out and long at the same time. Summer just like the other day was sitting out in my balcony and I thought, it felt like it feels like it was just May. Like I remember just looking outside at the the trees coming to life, and now I'm watching the trees slowly go away, uh, enjoying the fall colors, but real, with the realization that they are not going to be pretty for long. They'll be bare soon. So I was sitting on my balcony. So today's a good day for that kind of thing, or maybe sitting upstairs and I don't know your second floor sitting room, Greg. 
you know, we we poke fun at the premier every once in a while on this program. But uh, have you have you heard the quote, Loren, with regard to when your foundation is eroding, you fix the foundation first. You don't mm-hmm. start redecorating your second floor sitting room. Uh, just curious, um, what is a second floor sitting room? <laughs> Uh, there are some houses, and this is because I like to do a lot of open houses, and a lot of the like two-story houses now will have that space that's almost like this useless space at the top of the stairs where you go up and there'll be bedrooms, and I'm wondering, is that the second floor sitting room? Well, probably for, for the average person, uh, but uh, when you're living in a palace... Like uh, the premier, and hey, it's a, it's a nice place. Uh, but uh, kudos, yeah. The second my floor second sitting floor room. sitting room is my hammock. Oh, that yeah. that sounds wonderful. I would yeah. say that for a lot of people, the second floor sitting room is a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I need some quiet time in the second floor sitting room. <laughs> um, also, today we uh, we got to talk about. The, the continuing confusion, and I think the, the, the mixed messaging is leading to a lot of fatigue, so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that today here on 680 CJOB. And for example, Greg, yesterday, uh, Global News got some thoughts uh, from Winnipeggers on what they're doing for Thanksgiving. Yeah, they wanted to know uh, what their plans are and if their plans had actually changed. Do you need me to press play on this one, Brett? I got it. Um, we haven't, I haven't felt much impact from COVID for Thanksgiving plans yet. Um, we'll likely have like family dinner, maybe at my sister's house who's here with me. Yeah, I don't think it's impacted our plans too much just because our family's already in each other's bubble and we've been hanging out together. And so, um, yeah, I think plans will be as usual. You know, uh, I don't, I don't think it's affecting it at all actually, because, uh, I usually have uh, dinner with uh, a group of friends. And we're pretty much a group, you know, and uh, we feel pretty comfortable with each other, like coronavirus-wise. Two months ago, we made this date, and uh, we were quite happy that we were able to find the date. And now we're kind of debating whether we're going to do it or not. We're thinking it's not going to happen. What do you think, Loren? I, I stated pretty boldly yesterday that for sure one of our regular family gatherings would be cancelled for Thanksgiving. Uh, and you said you weren't quite sure. Have you given it any more thought? Well, I wasn't planning to have any people over, but I was going vi- to do some visits with uh, other folks, and, and I've got some relatives coming in that I hadn't seen in, in quite some time, and so there was no plan to have everybody in the house, but it just it just hadn't crossed my mind the same way that it had in Easter, and I think we're, as, we, as you said, Brad, we're going to talk a lot about that idea of COVID fatigue. I think there's some tiredness out there where people said, you know what, we already went through this for Easter, and we did this for Canada Day, and we avoided people a little bit on August long, or, you know, however you may have adjusted your behaviors throughout the summer and we've already been there done that and i'm not doing it again and then on the other hand there's that so there's their tiredness perhaps but then there's also a bit of that mixed messaging and so one of the comments on our facebook page cjob's facebook page about thanksgiving had one of the our listeners writing in hang on i can go shopping at walmart i can go gamble at the casino i can hit up a drive-thru but i can have people in my home right and so I think that's part of the issue, right? You have all these different things happening to restart the economy, but we're being told to slow down on some of our behaviors. And so that that can be confusing.
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us on this Friday. And we have a favor to ask you. If you don't follow us on social media, uh, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram because we're close to 7,000 followers. We'd like to, it's a nice round number. We're at 6,956. Would be kind of neat if we could get to 7,000 over the weekend. So follow us there. And as well on social media, make sure you follow GMAC WPG. He's asking the question this morning that we're going to talk about in our next segment. Greg, what is that? We are going to ask you, where would you like to be stranded for six months? There are some folks from Easter Island. Sounds pretty exotic in the first place. Yeah. But they've been stuck in Tahiti for six months. Most of them went to Tahiti for a variety of everyday reasons from medical care to running basically some errands. In French Polynesia, I guess you do island hopping for stuff like that. Yep. And because of the coronavirus, they've been actually stuck there for six months. So where would you like to be stuck for six months, uh, you know, if you had the ability to pick where you'd like to be? And speaking of Twitter, you can also follow McNabb on Global. And Loren McNabb, what are we doing after Global News at 7 o'clock? Well, we're bringing on a former Winnipegger who's now a psychology professor at Carleton University in Ottawa. And we've been talking and we're going to continue to talk this morning about our COVID fatigue and whether we've changed our behaviors or adapted them or gone back on them over the past six months. And he's got some numbers that show our trust in government officials and health officials in most countries is associated with low COVID numbers. So when your trust is high, COVID numbers are low. But when your trust is based in what other people in society are saying versus health officials, well, there's a lot of bad news coming from what he studied. COVID deaths go up when your trust is placed in other people versus the doctors. And so we can't wait to hear what he has to say about where COVID, what COVID fatigue really is and how our behaviors can be contributing really greatly to the spikes in this virus. Question of the day at CJOB.com brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace 204-832-6243. And the question of the day from yesterday afternoon ties into some of what we're about to discuss. Roughly half of COVID cases in Winnipeg in recent weeks can be traced back to bars and restaurants. Does that make you think twice about going out for a meal? And looking at the results, 64% say yes, takeout only. 36% say no, the restaurants are taking the necessary precautions. Cast your vote at CJOB Dot com. And we asked you the question yesterday, given the rise <clears throat> excuse me, in, in COVID cases, are you altering any plans you may have had for Thanksgiving? Are you thinking about changing your weekend habits? Given the messaging from our talk doctor, the latest cases are being blamed in part by bar hopping. So we obviously are going to be talking a lot about this uh, throughout the day and from what we're hearing from health officials and with whether we're still willing to listen to them and react to what's going on. And we're going to have more on how bar behavior might be playing into the COVID spike in a moment. But first, here's Global's Marnie Blount with more on how Manitobans feel about changing their plans again for COVID. It's a time when we normally come together. But this year, many will likely be celebrating Thanksgiving apart. We're kind of debating whether we're going to do it or not. We're thinking it's not going to happen. I think people should just uh, have their Thanksgiving dinner and just be a little more careful about it. Others plan to keep their gatherings close. I don't think it's impacted our plans too much just because our family's already in each other's bubble and we've been hanging out together. We'll probably keep it within our family bubble. I mean, normally we do have some friends that will 
come over and join us, but they're close friends and they'll probably still likely join. Manitoba's top doctor is once again warning against large gatherings, but didn't provide specifics. So when we see the trajectory that we're seeing, especially in Winnipeg, uh, this is really a time when we, people shouldn't be planning large family gatherings or, or any type of gatherings. A similar suggestion from the Prime Minister during an address to the nation Wednesday. It's all too likely we won't be gathering for Thanksgiving but we still have a shot at Christmas. A reminder that our actions now could have an effect on when we can be together yeah. again. Marnie Blunt, Global News. I think the thing for Thanksgiving is that you have a lot of people in a small space, tight places. And are you wearing a mask when you head over to your brother or sister's house or to your mom or dad's? And I, I think the answer is typically no. There is that comfort level there. Are you keeping your two meters distance? I'd say that's really, really tough depending on the house that you're gathering at. So I, I think that there's a little bit more to this in, ter in terms of consideration as to whether or not to go ahead with these things. And I think that's the key in this next part of the story, guys. 37 cases were identified in Manitoba yesterday. 30 are in Winnipeg. The five-day test positivity rate is now up to 2.5%. And Dr. Rusin has mentioned 3% is being very concerning. So we're on that trajectory right now. Several of those new cases are being linked to bars, pubs, and restaurants, which has led to a plea from public health officials for Manitobans to follow the guidelines. Global Joe Scarpelli has more. Dr. Brent Rusin says there have been a number of cases where people visited more than one crowded bar or restaurant in a night, some of them doing so while symptomatic. In one case, 36 close contacts were traced back to a single person. Many of these cases are people in their 20s. We asked Dr. Brent Rusin how big the problem is. Here's what he had to say. Of the recent weeks, half of all new cases in Winnipeg have been at a restaurant, bar or pub during the acquisition period. So it doesn't mean they necessarily acquired it there, but that's a staggeringly high number of, of uh, people who were at these uh, sites during their acquisition period. Dr. Rusin once again stating the obvious, stay home while sick. He also has a reminder for sports teams. He says while teams might be following certain physical distancing protocols in dressing rooms, they're often gathering in close proximity soon after, which of course defeats the purpose. But he's still not committing to mandating masks, further limiting gathering sizes, or making restaurants keep lists of who was there for contact tracing. Businesses are, are able to... Um, to implement their own actions like this. But I, I mean, uh, you hear it from me, I think uh, masks and indoor public places are absolutely a good idea. Um, as far as a mandate, we've always said nothing is off the table and we're continuing to follow these, uh, um, these indicators closely. Right now, there are close to a thousand Manitobans who should be self-isolating. For every one of those people is a contact tracer who told them to do so. And some have become angry, rude and abusive during those calls. But Dr. Rusin says they're not the only ones getting feedback. I haven't had any threats. I've had some very... Um, uh, well thought out uh, insults sent my way, but um, uh, but for the most part, no uh, no threats. Death threats towards health officials has been an issue in several other jurisdictions. Well, you don't want to hear that. No, 
you know, come on, let's uh, get realistic. It's one thing to have concerns, to have an opinion about the decisions public health officials are making, in this particular case, Dr. Rusin, but uh, to go threatening him, that's a, a line way, way, way too far. I, I don't know if that needs to go without saying, but we've said it now, Loren. And just this idea of somebody going out and not being aware of their symptoms six, almost seven months into this now, that's maddening. That's not on the restaurants. That's not on the bars. But they're the ones that are ultimately going to pay the price for this. If you don't want to see the economy shut down, if you don't want to see your quote-unquote freedoms reduced or limited, don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. And I think when you when you get back to that, it comes down to each individual's actions, right? And what you're willing or not willing to do. And so if you're a person who likes to go to bars or restaurants, for example, well, if you don't behave properly, they can't stay open. Something will, something will happen that they are shut down or restrictions are back in place again. We don't want that to happen. Uh, and the same goes for maybe just even our shopping patterns and behaviors. I know I'm not in close proximity as I would be at a bar if I'm going to the grocery store, guys. But I was thinking about this yesterday when I heard Rusin talk about bar hopping. I mean, how many times recently in the last few weeks have you maybe gone out shopping or walking around and you're going from store to store and talking to people and pausing along your way, you might be yeah. doing it with a friend. I mean, there's lots of our behaviors that are, are similar to that hopping mentality where we're treating everything like it's normal. Well, and yes. it, sorry, Loren, to interrupt you. But yes, just yesterday at uh, Safeway, I was uh, in line for to pay for my groceries and I put them on the, the, the belt and uh, I had my mask on and the woman behind me had my mask on. But as I'm standing six feet away from the woman who's paying, I've put my stuff on the belt. And then there's a woman immediately b- yeah. beside me putting her stuff on. And I looked at her and I just said, can you give me some room, please? I felt really bad saying it, oh. but at the same time, I felt I wanted to give her a head a shake. A lot of of, of uh, stores are asking you not to do that. They want to disinfect the conveyor belt before you're supposed to, in a lot of grocery stores, keep that belt clean until the clerk gives you the heads up. It's okay to, to load it up now. So, yeah, no kidding. That's a step too far. Mackling McGarry and McNabb. Jeff Forte is here. Jeff Braun is here. Kelly Moore is here. Greg, set us up for us. Well, here we go. A group of 25 residents from Easter Island have been stranded far from home for six months now. Many arrived in March planning to stay for just a few weeks, but they got stuck when the coronavirus swept across the globe and their flights back home on Latam Airlines. And I've been looking this up, never heard of them before, so I apologize. But those flights were cancelled. Where are they stranded? Tahiti. Now, if you watched Happy Days back in the day, Mr. Cunningham said he always wanted to go to Tahiti. Worst places to be stuck for sure. But after six months, these people want to go home. So we're asking the question, if you were going to be stuck somewhere for six months, where would it be? And the critical question, why? So let's go around the horn here. Jeff Forte, let's start with you. Hawaii. Why? Just Why? because it looks just because it looks beautiful, and uh, all I've seen in the movies, it's just you know relaxing and hanging out, learning to surf. Yeah, it just seems good. And the people around there seem like nice people. Have you ever been? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Anywhere in Hawaii? No, I yeah, actually particular I've, spot. I have no idea. I, I don't know any spots in, in the shadow of a volcano. Maybe. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Jeff Braun was Joe versus the volcano set in Hawaii. 
No, that was it was set in a fictional island okay. where the volcano was. Did they yeah. film Somewhere Jurassic Pacific though? Did they film Jurassic Park in Hawaii? Uh, no. Oh, no, that no? was in South America, Off I think. Off the coast oh. of Costa Rica. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they shot Lost in Hawaii, though. And, uh, and Hawaii. Magnum P.I. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so you can hang out with all kinds of cool people. Oh, yeah. You can hang out with Jack from Lost and Tom Selleck from Magnum P.I. Drive around and uh, what did he drive, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini? Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. Ferrari. Maybe you oh, can yeah. actually find Robin Masters. Okay. <laughs> Kelly Moore, what about you? Well, very easy for me. I uh, could uh, get along quite nicely at my little getaway resort uh, at uh, La Padita, Mexico. I would have no difficulties spending six months there, working or otherwise. It's pretty good. Sounds great. Why working? Yes. Why are you working? Yeah, why are well, you working? In this fantasy scenario, you're still working? <laughs> well, yes, because I, I enjoy working. I enjoy keeping somewhat busy. Jeff Braun? Uh, what sports do they play in Mexico, Kelly? Uh, soccer, high alive, yeah, basketball, baseball. What's high alive? Need the high alive scores. It, it's, uh, it's a really, like, it, it's almost like a cup holder, I guess, and they uh, rip a ball around. I, I've seen it a few times. I don't really understand the sport, but I'll tell you, it moves along quite quickly. It sort of looks like squash or racquetball, right? Yeah, Kill. a little bit. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it's but you know you hold the ball in kind of a, a I want to say like a, scoop. Like, like a gravy a pitcher or something oh, like that. Yeah. Gigantic. Yeah, Bron knows Hialai. <laughs> I'm aware of it. Wow, Bron's like jumping in. No, there's a scoop. There's a scoop. He's betting on it online right now. Can you also tell us the inner workings of hurling, Jeff? The uh, the fastest game on grass. Uh, no. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the other hurling. <laughs> uh, what about you, Loren? Well, I I seriously mid pandemic started looking at uh, rentals in the Seychelles of uh, the coast of Africa, unaffordable. And also, I really think that anyone I know who's lived on an island, and I have relatives who are living on one right now in the Caribbean, that you do kind of feel a bit like it's a prison when you can't fly out of there. So say that's still happening in your strand and you can't get off the island or go exploring, that would be in the back of my mind. So I think I need to be kind of still close to the water, but more on a mainland, close to a vineyard, so maybe in a vineyard, you know, like something California or Okanagan or, or I'll go back to Italy and George Clooney, his wife. <laughs> it always comes back to the wine supply, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know why nobody gets this by now. You need to. Well, hey, she's being practical. You need to make sure that there are supplies or at least access to supplies, right? You right. Need, you and need and the supplies can't come to the island sometimes. And I'm not just talking wine. Like, I think you want to have the water. You want to have the sunshine. You want to have beautiful views. You want to have maybe your family or not your family, depending on how it's going for you. But things got to be able to still get in and out. Greg, well, your family could kind of cringe on George Clooney, couldn't they? <laughs> I, I would. Uh, my normal answer would be Cabo San Lucas, but uh, we have to get away from Mexico because Kelly already took Mexico. I you think can I'm, go there too, G man. No, you That's know what? Fine. I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Bahamas and live with uh, Brian and Sarah Baumler and their family at mm. Cerula Mar in Bahamas. Uh, I love Brian Baumler. We've had him in studio before. I'd love to spend six months learning from him, just hanging out with him learning how to do stuff and it looks an, like an absolutely amazing resort so i'll go to the hgtv family well and uh, just go hang out with those guys for half a year
where would you want to be stranded? And Randy says, I would like to be stranded in Bora Bora, in a cabana on stilts just oh, offshore. Oh, yes. Where you are serviced by a servant who comes by boat, brings you your meals and any needs you may have. Randy, that sounds amazing. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. Wow. Bora, bora. So keep those texts coming, 204-780-6868. Large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia up for grabs. Giving that away after 9.15. We want to start this hour by asking you a question that we're going to be talking about a lot today on 680 CJOB. And that question is, Greg, are you hitting a wall when it comes to COVID? I think a lot of us are. Keep your distance. Shop online as much as possible. Don't have people outside your family into your home. Those are some of the rules many of us were willing to follow when this pandemic first started. And health officials believe those practices made a difference. Six months later, some of the guidelines have changed. But Loren, the key recommendations remain the same. Yeah, the difference, though, I think, is that many aren't following the guidelines. Many of us aren't listening or maybe just adapting our behaviors. Or maybe you want to follow the rules, but with kids back at school, extracurriculars slowly resuming, businesses reopened, you might be confused about the messaging or you might just be tired of all of it. Dr. Michael Wall is a psychology professor at Carleton University in Ottawa. He also co-authored a study on how our trust in officials can impact COVID outcomes. But before we start with some of the serious questions, for the interest of our guest, Dr. Wall, you're from Winnipeg, a Garden City Collegiate grad then, U of W, a Maples boy? Exactly. Go, go first. <laughs> well, I wanted to get that. I wanted to get oh, that out no, of the way. Cause... Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I grew up in the Maples. Uh, uh, then uh, my formative years were in Amber Trails, went to Garden City Collegiate. I've got to say, it's uh, it's a bit surreal to be on uh, CGOB. I've been interviewed, uh, you know, a lot of times over, over the years, but CGOB was held in such high esteem in my household. Um, I, I learned uh, morality and ethics from my grandmother by way of Peter, Peter Warren's uh, Beeson Bouquets. So it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for being with us and sharing your expertise and the compliments. We appreciate that very much. Uh, we want to talk this morning about COVID fatigue. This is a this is a real thing. What have you learned? Ah, yes. Well, um, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, let, let me give you a three part response. To, to that that question, but I want your audience to know that there are necessarily many more parts to this story. Uh, first, Aristotle, the uh, the legendary Greek philosopher, said that man is by nature a social animal. So, interpreted through a, a COVID lens, being socially or physically distant uh, goes against a basic instinct to be social and affiliate with others. Uh, that we should be distancing ourselves from others is a strain on our sensibilities. Um, we can remain physically distant from uh, other people for a short period of time, but the extended duration of the COVID pandemic is proving problematic from a public health standpoint. Um, secondly, uh, people's behavior is influenced by social norms. Uh, what they perceive others are doing or what they think that others approve or disapprove of. So when Manitobans look around and see others gathering in parks, uh, playing sports, uh, they hear about backyard parties and uh, see people on patios on, on cordon. 
uh, and also then the associated uh, uh, pictures on social media. It sets up a perceived norm for behaviors that Manitoban should follow. We find it hard not to join in uh, the fun. And if you'll allow me a, a third point, um, is that according to uh, prospect theory, there is a diminishing sensitivity as numbers increase. So when we first heard uh, of the number of COVID cases, say, increasing from 5 to 10, it's felt more than when we hear that the numbers have increased from 1 to 105. Dr. Wall, how does trust play in? What does your data show? Uh, yes, yes. Um, so um, it, it's widely assumed that uh, social cohesion public confidence in, in government sources of health information and general concern for the well-being of others supports uh, health advisory uh, during a, um, a COVID, uh, the, the pandemic, and that it can save lives. In this case, what we did, um, if you allow me to give you a little bit of background on the study that you're referring to, we tested these assumptions using data about uh, the number of COVID-19 deaths in 84 countries around the world. And what we found is that societies that are more civically engaged and trusting of uh, state institutions can have a lower number of, uh, they have a lower number of COVID-19 related deaths. And why might this be? Well, likely because people in these countries uh, who are trusting of state institutions and are civically engaged are more apt to accept public health advice. So this being wearing of masks protect others and themselves. Conversely, and perhaps counterintuitively, countries in which people are more trusting and more likely to belong to groups have a higher COVID-19 death rate. And this is likely because trust and affiliation with others are incongruent with physical distancing measures. You can't see COVID-19 and trusting that others are engaging behaviors that reduce the risk of transmission may increase virus transmission. And additionally, a, a human instinct, as I mentioned before, is to huddle uh, in our social groups in, uh, in which they belong, which is problematic when you need people to be uh, practicing physical distancing. We're talking about COVID fatigue this morning with our guest, who is Dr. Michael Wall. He is a psychology professor at Carleton University in Ottawa. And Greg, you were asking... You had set something up, just reset for us. Yeah, the social capital is a terminology that popped up in your research a fair amount, Dr. Wall. Just if you could give us a brief uh, definition of what social capital is and how it plays into us following the rules and, and perhaps how it lends to how long before that uh, that, that overwhelming feeling uh, sets in, that, that, that COVID uh, malaise, so to speak, uh, in terms of not wanting to follow the rules any longer. Sure, um, it, it would be hard to come up with a with a single definition that would satisfy all the social and behavioral scientists that that are out there listening. Um, but the way that we defined it in this particular paper is that it, it's composed of uh, there, there's four components. So number one being civically engaged, um, that is uh, people who are um, uh, active in their communities. And uh, a, a second component is trusting of state institutions. Do you, uh, when authorities, uh, uh, say for example, tell you to wear masks, do you trust uh, those authorities 
and, and thus put on, put on masks. Uh, we can see in the states, for example, there is a decreasing trust in state institutions. And what we are finding is that that's one of the factors that, that's leading into the, uh, the high COVID uh, death rate and, and number of COVID cases in the United States. Um, so as, as I mentioned before the break, is that uh, why would civic engagement and trusting of state institutions be related to what we found was related to lower numbers of COVID death rates? And this is because people in those countries are more apt to accept public health advice. So if you trust uh, the institutions that are telling you to physically distance, uh, telling you to wear a mask, then you're more likely to do so. Conversely, there, there are two other components uh, to social capital. Um, one is trusting uh, your neighbor, trusting uh, in, in, uh, in the person who lives across the street, trusting of your friends, um, and also belonging to social groups. So um, are you a member of uh, the Kinsman Club? Are you, um, uh, are you a member of a running club? Um, the number of social groups that you belong to. What we found is that uh, you would you would think that the more trusting you were of others and the more groups that you were uh, a part of, that that would be associated with lower COVID deaths. Um, but in fact, what we found is uh, perhaps counterintuitively, that the more trusting you are of others and the more groups that you're a part of, that, that was uh, associated with higher level, uh, higher COVID rates and higher uh, number of COVID deaths in a particular country. And this is, uh, this is likely because trust and affiliation with others are incongruent with physical distancing measures. If you trust that uh, your neighbor, if you trust that your friends that you go to um, uh, Kildonan Park uh, to hang out on, uh, on, on a nice, I hear that it's a, a beautiful day in Winnipeg today, uh, people may be apt to or have a strong desire to gather um, and if you trust that your friends are doing the right thing, then maybe you won't wear a mask and that you won't physically distance from that, that individual. Dr. And Michael so Wall, we, yeah, so yeah. I am sorry, as you are familiar with on CJOB, the clock has, has ah. won the race. But yeah, we, we got to have exactly. you back. We, we've just scratched the surface here. This has been marvelous. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. We got to have you back, okay? A- anytime. Backling McGarry and McNabb. This is uh, maybe my favorite uh, time of the week. It's our weekly Gab with Gabby. Whoa! Gabrielle Marchand, Global News Morning, joining us live on the start. Hello there, Gabby. Happy Friday, you guys. Everything becomes a song on Fridays because yeah. the weekend is here, Loren. I'm just exclaiming because I think I just said that not too long ago, guys, that on Friday your life is a song of Whoa. like everything is happening every weekend. <laughs> there it is. Like a musical. And yes, and you're super excited. And then by Sunday, it's just like the whole Eeyore cloud <laughs> hangs over your head. Bum, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. <laughs> so true. It's can, sad. Can you turn Pumpkin Spice Craft Dinner into a song, Gabby? Oh, not without using some profanities, and we know we can't be doing that on CGOB. So, uh, I mean, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this. I'll try almost anything once, but uh, I shouldn't have said that either. It is Friday, forgive me. I will try most food dishes once. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What about you? you? Would you eat this salty garbage? I'd try it. Why not? Wretched thought. I'll try try the food because I have 
the reason why is because there are things where I vehemently opposed something just based on the way it looked or the weird combination. And then I tried it and realized, oh, this is actually pretty good. So then I realized that I was potentially denying myself many a culinary delight. So now I try to go in with an open mind in spite of how gross it might be. Now, it would be different. Like if you were to say, hey, try this deep fried Madagascar cockroach. Uh, or some some other horrific thing that you would see on Fear Factor, then I think it's a hard pass for me. I've been sitting with you when you've tried crickets. Oh. Okay, but that's just a little salty cricket, right? Yeah, but that's a line too far for a lot but of people. So you're didn't far see it more caught you're... and then eat it. That's different. What's that, Loren? Well, he didn't see it get you know like he start, like if you brought him the cockroach live and then cooked it up, you know, like the cricket you didn't see caught and killed and fried or whatever was done with it, powdered. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, you know what? I guess it depends on what's on the line. Like if it was a game show and I had to eat the that, I would. But as far the point was, <laughs> for most foods, I'll try it. At least give it a yeah. shot. And if it's gross, never again. Yeah, I think you would try just about. I'm, I'm always impressed with the things that you'll try. If it doesn't make sense on paper... Quite often, I will just move all along to the, to the next thing. And I think this is just headline grabbing on the part of the folks that make KD. Kraft, I'm calling you out. You're only making a 1,000 boxes of it. You know it's going to be terrible. You just had to capitalize on the pumpkin spice latte phenomena. Loren, and that's all I'm going to say about that. What about you? Are you serving this up Thanksgiving 2020? Your kids are all having... Uh Pumpkin spice KD, you could do it deep fried, you could do it just yeah. in the pot, you could do yeah. it in so many ways. It, only to prove how right I was in how wrong it is. And then I would say goodbye to it forever. Would just be to prove a point. Okay. So like you I told would, you so. So you would try it, Gabby? I'm an on the fence. So we have two yeses and then you know what I'm gonna go with Mackling. I'm gonna say no just so we have a uh, two no's and two yeses. So what you said that you had uh, profanity on this subject, why? What is uh, what is the visceral reaction for you? I think why is the operative word. Why? We don't have to make everything pumpkin spice. I don't mind a pumpkin spice latte. I'd prefer maybe a pumpkin spice loaf or a pumpkin spice ice cream. Baked goods or something really creamy. Coffee, I would prefer to be something else. I don't mind it, but I'm not going to, you know, click my... Ugg boots together and do the old <laughs> Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home while eating my pumpkin spice KD. Yeah, and I think part two, one of the reasons why I have an open mind on it is is because of the when you looked at the the list of spices and whatnot, they had cinnamon there, right? And I remember when St. James Burger and Chip Company mm. on uh, Nass Avenue came to see us. They brought their cinnamon fries. It's true. And I thought fries with cinnamon like that just sounds gross. No. It is not. It is delightful. Well, I'm going to go with Seinfeld one more time. Jerry Seinfeld always says that when you find out the secret ingredient in something that you like, inevitably, that secret ingredient is cinnamon. Really? Yes. Really? Okay. So, so I don't know. It'd be fun. It'll be fun to try, but yeah, it's definitely a stunt on Kraft Dinner's part. If you had to be stranded somewhere, Gabrielle Marchand, where would it be? I mean, chip aisle at the local Walmart comes to mind immediately. Or can I, can I say chips. the liquor store? Or we're talking locations, right? Real locations. <laughs> Pumpkin Spice Crown Royal. Why haven't we seen that yet? Oh, I bet you that's coming. They've got peach, right? They've yeah. got the apple. The peach is delicious. The peach Crown Royal is delicious. Yeah, if you're listening up in Gimli, okay. I want a cut of that. So what? potato chips, uh, liquor... Where is there an exotic location that has both yeah. of these things? In potatoes and liquor. I'm thinking Ireland. 
Ireland, very nice. Yeah, they make boxies there. Uh, I have actually been, and they bo- make what? Boxies is um, an Irish dish with potatoes. They serve it at a lot of restaurants and pubs. Boxies, yeah, Loren, have like- you ever heard of boxies? Oh yeah, baby. I'm just looking this up. It's I- like a potato pancake. Oh, I love potato pancakes. That sounds great. Is there a specific location, or is it more like a scone? I don't know if that which way you'd say it because you couldn't have it. Hmm. Just but like either way, it's potatoes. Box, it's yummy. I, oh, box, is it boxy or box tea? I think it's boxies. Okay. Boxies. Oh, no. Look, I've, I've been well, to it's, box it's, tea. It's spelled B-O-X-T-Y. B-O-X-T-Y. A traditional Irish dish made of potatoes. An old Irish rhyme goes, boxty on the griddle, boxty on the pan. If you can't make boxty, you'll never get a man. Wow. <laughs> Yikes, I guess I know why I'm doing how I'm doing in life. <laughs> You're making the wrong dish. Shift gears. Go from boxy to boxty, and then you'll, you'll, be, uh, you'll be blessed, apparently. I'm curious to hear what you guys said to this question because I feel like there could be some very interesting responses with the combination of you three. Okay, so Loren, uh, what was yours again? Just it, the, the requirements were water, like maybe an ocean view, good temperature, and then a vineyard. Oh, yeah. Nice. Maybe we should find a vineyard next to a potato farm and we'll combine loves. You can make the chips. I'll make the wine. Well, someone else will make the wine. I'll taste test the wine, and we'll take it from there. Well, you didn't say where your place would be, Brett. No, I didn't. And off the top of my head, I, I'm thinking the uh, the Fairmont Springs in Banff because uh, they've got their magnificent golf course. From what I hear, it's awesome. The resort looks amazing. It's in a, a, a fabulous setting. So yeah, you'd get the scenery, you'd get the luxurious uh, sort of sleeping arrangements i'm trying to think of the, what is the accommodations my goodness okay i just we were talking yesterday about words we can't pronounce i just couldn't even think of the word to mispronounce and uh and then of course golf yeah so there you go golf accommodations mountains bang speaking of the words you can't pronounce conversation that you had loren i understand you said milk and mm-hmm. i am with you the saskatchewanian in me saskatchewanite whatever we're called i would say milk and my mom was so ashamed of this one. Instead of both, I'd say sometimes both. Mm. Both. An L in there. Yeah. Throwing like people who say 13. Instead of 13, they throw in an N. Milk's hard. There's a whole Sesame Street skit someone sent me this morning. I'm going to have to relearn it. And so you, instead of saying both, you say both? Both. I put L's in places they shouldn't be. Oh, you added an L. Both. Mm-hmm. both. Okay. Well, it is funny, too, the regional differences, right? Like, I know some Albertans, instead of saying things like COVID, they'll almost be like a COVID. They'll add like a weird little accent on the O. You've been doing some Alberta radio. Is that what you've noticed? Or is that from something else? What's that? You've been doing some radio well, in Alberta. Are you, are no, you I, learning it from somewhere else? No, I just know some Albertans. Just like you always pick up, you can always identify when someone's from Ontario. That's true. Canada. They'll get that yeah. They'll get that little yeah in there. Uh, so I don't know. I, there, there, I know you have Saskatchewan, some strange words, but uh, just the pronunciations of other words like, you know, bunny hug in particular. And is it gitch? Or gotch. (laughs) Gitch or gotch. I think either is acceptable and we'll use them frequently in sentences. Yeah, and in Alberta and BC, it's ginch and gaunch. I don't know how that happened. That's uh, weird. Something happened in Lloyd Minster one fine weekend. Oh, no. On this side, we'll call it gitch and gotch. On that side, we'll call it ginch and gaunch. (laughs)
That's right. Lloyd Minster's right on the line, isn't it? Okay, Gabby Marshawn, thank you so much for joining us for the weekly Gab with Gabby. Host of Global News morning, 6 to 9 weekdays on Global TV. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Sometimes I wonder why we do this to ourselves. When we give away the large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia, we say, hey, text us your stories, and then we have to sift through hundreds of them and and decide uh, which one is the best one. They're all good. Uh, We just grab a couple of examples here of runners-up, like Victor, who says, I would love to be stranded on the space station, being weightless and the views... No weather change like winter, and best part, no taxes up there. <laughs> Peace and quiet. Oh, and no politics. Uh, they'd find a way to tax you, Victor. They'd find a way. <laughs> this next text, does this come from... Uh, no I don't name know if we have a one. name for uh, this no one. Name. Okay, well, they write, I would love to be stranded in my little greenhouse in Norwood Flats. My family is close by, and from my deck, I can see the golden boy, smell the pizza from Santa Lucia wafting in the air, and sit by my chimney... Chimneya? My chimney? Oh. Maybe? Um, amongst the chickadees, blue jays, and bunnies, my own little Disney yard. That is cute. It is a Disney yard. I thought maybe that was some sort of bird bath. Yeah, you know what? I, I I'm going to double about. check that. Uh, Chimneya. Yeah, it's, it's spelled like chimney, but there's an extra I in there. Oh, is it uh, like, a, like a miniature, oh, it's, like for, it, like, for uh, like having fires? Yeah, it's, a, it's like, a, like a hearth or a wood-burning oh, fire pit. Okay, hearth. so chimine, chimine, chimineya? 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 Chimineya. You got it. There's you another word it. none of us know how to pronounce. <laughs> and who's the winner, Greg? Oh, man, this has just inspired me. If money wasn't a concern, I would love to spend six months on the island of Malta. I was there for four days back in 2005, and I would like to go back one day. The island has, this really hit me, 365 churches, one for every day of the year. Neat. The architecture is spectacular, and I would spend my days learning more about the island, and it's 20 five years of heritage it has lots of beaches and old temples that would be a great six months day that's from alain well congratulations al you are our winner alain that was a really neat text and we appreciate all the texts at 204-780-6868 so al will be in touch to get your details mackling mcgarry and McNabb. pumpkin spiced lattes are one thing. Somebody just told Greg that I should be trying a pumpkin spiced rum. Correct. Mm. On my personal text message line, one of my buddies. Good morning, Nick. I think that might be, I'm not sure, but I think the local distillery does that, Capital K. Oh, really? I think they might have a pumpkin rum. I think they've got pumpkin something. I'm almost positive of that. I've tried pumpkin uh, beer. I actually quite like that. But, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier with Gabby about how KD Craft Dinner is offering this limited supply of pumpkin spice craft dinner. Uh, and Gabby says she just couldn't honestly answer because it would include too many expletives. She would let the expletives fly, Jerry. And, uh, Greg, you also hate the idea of pumpkin spice, KD. Sure do. Do you like pumpkin and other things? I love pumpkin. Pumpkin pie is one of my favorites. Blueberry is my absolute favorite. But I am jonesing for the uh, Dairy Queen pumpkin spice or pumpkin pie blizzard. Oh, yeah. Sergeant Sunday's got good pumpkin. I was going to say, that was exactly what I was going to say next. Sergeant Sunday has 
this oh my, incredible pumpkin pie flavored ice cream. It's so, so good. But it's uh, on the other side of the city for me. So I have to I have to make a, a like a whole day out of it to go to St. <laughs> James from where I live. <laughs> That's commitment. It's funny that you're mentioning these things that you do like with pumpkin because I like pumpkin pie, but that's it. And I said earlier, I like it on Thanksgiving and that's pretty much it. And as far as I'm concerned, when I'm thinking pumpkins, I want to know really what are they good for? What else are they good for? So I sent an email to our next guest who is a chef and instructor at Red River College. I wrote, as I'm sure you know, pumpkin spice is everywhere. I don't get it. That said, if you or anyone in your kitchen have a couple of fun recipe ideas that would convince me otherwise, we would love to chat. So he decided he was in. His name is Gordon Bailey. And before I bring him on, I should tell you I also asked Gordon what title we should use for him this morning. And his response was Chef Gordon Gourds or Oh My Gourd or Squash Much. And uh, Gord, I don't know if you know this, but I am the pun king or queen. Get it? Pumpkin? Oh, Gord. wow. <laughs> So you had me laughing uh, when you wrote that. I appreciate the work that you put into that. But nice. thank you for taking the time. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're good. And I, and I am being kind of serious. What are pumpkins good for? Is this something you actually cook with well, year-round? Well, I could probably throw this question back to you and say, what are pumpkins not good for? Oh, I mean, we consume them. <laughs> we use them for aesthetic table decor. We use them for recreation, carve them, jack-o'-lanterns. We grow them huge. We throw them long distances. Pumpkins are one of the best things, I think, out there. I love that, by the way. We throw them long distances. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just picturing, I'm, just, I'm just picturing a, sling, a massive slingshot. Well, is that yeah, uh, you, Modern Family where they did that, Chef? Did you see I think that so. episode? They had like, some sort of form of a trebuchet, and they launched that pumpkin <laughs> super right, far. Exactly. So it brings us together as well. <laughs> Could start a war over pumpkins, uh, essentially. So, okay, so uh, back to Loren's question because I think right. it's I think it's one worth exploring. Outside of the seeds, uh, is there any other part of the pumpkin that's worth harvesting? Well, of course. I mean, the flesh is uh, of the pumpkin is great, and it's useful for so many things. Awesomely versatile. Uh, I've used pumpkins in breakfast components, in desserts, in savory main course dishes and even some different modern style techniques of cooking pumpkin. I mean, uh, as far as breakfast, uh, I, I make pumpkin waffles that are just killer, pumpkin pancakes. Uh, desserts, we always talk about and think, you know, our mind goes towards pumpkin pie. Um, but you can try something a little bit different and do a pumpkin creme brulee. Uh, something that I just recently did a couple years ago was a candied pumpkin, where you actually take the pumpkin, you half it, de-seed it, use those seeds for whatever you're going to use, toast them, yum-yum snackies. Um, then I peel the pumpkin, I toss it with sugar, let it sit overnight at room temperature, it releases all these juices. In the morning, I put that on the stove and I simmer it in the juices, let it cool, and you have this tremendous, crazy candied pumpkin. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I, my yeah. questions that I had written down were, what are they good for? Why? Seriously, why? <laughs> what are you talking about? But now, I kind of feel like I'm coming around on these recipes that you're giving. Is the pumpkin actually something that's good for you in terms of calories or fat or whatever, you know, antioxidants or I don't know, Gordon? Yeah, super healthy. Fiber, magnesium. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say pumpkins is the next superfood, but in since they're, they're always in abundance in the fall, I think we should consume them when we can. And yeah, there's, they've got some good health benefits for you for sure. What part of the pumpkin is the spice made from? 
Well, that that they're making probably from like the the innards of the pumpkin, the flesh itself, not the seeds or the the stringy bits that when you're taking out the seeds. Um, and, and, and simply just cooked. And then when we talk about pumpkin spice, that's adding the spices into it, right? So your pumpkin's a very neutral vessel. It's a squash that doesn't have a ton of flavor necessarily by itself. That's why it lends itself so well to having things like, you know, nutmeg, cinnamon, clove, or on the savory side going like ginger, uh, maybe even herbaceous things like sage, rosemary, thyme. So when we say pumpkin spice, is it really like it's not – but if you say it has no flavor – uh, is is the pumpkin spice in fact pumpkin spice like the these flavors I enjoy in a pumpkin pie? Am I is am I enjoying pumpkin flavor? Well, you're enjoying pumpkin as the creamy, awesome vessel that gives you the the substantial nature of it, and then the spices is coming from all the spice blends that get added into it through the the cooking and or maybe canning process. So the flesh is essentially tasteless. Well, I'm not going to say tasteless. I'm just going to say it's neutral. It's a very good flavor vessel. It delivers whatever you want to put onto it or impart into it uh, very, very well. So it's like the potato chip to a certain extent. The the, the chip is the vessel for delivering the, the flavors that are sprinkled upon them and it is outstanding for holding the dip. There you go. And I mean, pumpkins do have a natural sweetness to them. So that's why... In, you know, dessert cases like pies, they go so well, right? They do have that sort of natural sugar content that gives us a little bit of sweetness. You had me until you said pumpkin food vessel, and then I'm back with my hatred a little bit here, Gordon. But do you draw the line anywhere when it comes to pumpkin spice, anything? Like we've been talking about craft dinner. Someone sent us a screen grab. I don't know if it's true or not, Brett, but I think it was pumpkin spice spam. Oh, I think that, I, God, I hope that was a joke. That was Don, <laughs> it was listener Don, who's always messaging us from the road. It was spam, because I think we talked about it earlier, pumpkin spice, spam, and click. You know, I, I got to say, in a pinch, I'm not going to be uh, against it. If I was camping and I needed some nourishment, I'm going to hit some uh, pumpkin spice click up in a heartbeat. Um, but you know what? That's almost another uh, aspect for a call, and it is what would be the worst combination. I'm trying to think. There's almost nothing I wouldn't enjoy pumpkin with. I, I immediately went to pumpkin beef jerky, and I went, wait, no, that sounds really good. Um, so, you know, all these people, all these companies that are kind of capitalizing on that fall nostalgia flavor of pumpkin spice with their lattes. I heard that the KD's doing a pumpkin spice. You know, I think they're barking up the right tree because it just does taste good with so many different things. Now, you're either two types of people. You're either just a person or you're a pumpkin spice person. And I think pumpkin spice people are the ones that really come out in the fall. They like wearing cozy clothes, and they're genuinely usually nice people, pumpkin spice people. Okay, so lingonberries uh, are uh, magical food. There are some other foods, lentils and peas, that we're learning more about. And I'm hearing you maybe should be, I'm thinking that perhaps you should be tapped for the pumpkin marketing board here, Chef, because Manitoba grows some of the biggest pumpkins in the world. Like those great big ones they grow near Roland and take to the competition. Are Are they consumable afterward or... Is there a, an ideal size and weight for a pumpkin that allow it to to be eaten afterwards? Well, yes, I like to have my pumpkins in the two to five pound range, uh, <laughs> preferably with a nice um, opaque yellow. No, um, honestly, uh, when, when they get that large, uh, you could 
eat them, I suppose. But they're going to have some really, really fibrous kind of like texture to them. They're going to be really stringy. They're not going to be – those ones that they grow ginormously aren't necessarily, uh, you know, the edible variety. You could eat them. I just don't recommend it. Uh, but now when you're talking about pumpkins for, you know, choosing which ones you want to cook with, yeah, I always like to go with something that's going to be a manageable size. I mean, you don't want to go and get, you know, a 15-pound pumpkin, have no room for it in your oven if that's how you're going to be roasting or doing something with. I'd rather grab something that's a little bit more manageable, you know, that might be the size uh, slightly smaller than your, your typical smaller watermelon. Um, and, and, and look for that, you know, even shape and the, the nice sort of uh, evenness of color um, just to make sure that they're, I'm not going to say fresh, but so that they don't have any maybe, um, you know, uh, bruising nature or anything that's wrong with the flesh on the inside. I mean, it, it's just like anything, going and choosing your vegetables and your fruit. You want to be particular. You want to be a little bit picky and make sure you're bringing home the best pumpkin product. Gordon Bailey from Red River yeah. College. Uh, by the way, I do. I need to correct myself. I did a quick search on this. Pumpkin mm. spice spam was a real thing last no. year, limited edition, and apparently it, it sold out in hours. Oh, and you know what? I, I would have bought it too, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gordon Gords. Well, uh, you know what? Listen, uh, and one more thing. If, if anyone's you know interested in modern cooking, it's not modern, but it's sort of made a resurgence in the last number of years, is sous vide cooking. So if you're ever kind of want to try something a little bit different with your thermocirculator, if you got one at home, you can backpack up some uh, pumpkin, put whatever kind of spicing or flavor agents you want in it, set it at 85 degrees Celsius, leave it for one hour, pull it out, perfectly you know, tender with a little bit of firm bite to it. Pumpkin that can go in salads for main courses or vegetable side dishes. Or I could just go on and on. I'm running out of breath here, everybody. <laughs> okay, Chef, uh, someone said here dog treats, uh, pumpkins are great for that. And pumpkin bread pudding, real, real quick. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. I mean, like, uh, they'd be super healthy for dog treats and very easy to, like, kind of incorporate into them. Um, and then what was the other one? The other one was? Uh, it was called uh, pump, uh, uh, pumpkin, pumpkin bread pudding. Bread. Oh, pumpkin bread pudding. Okay, super delicious. Now, there's another challenge for everybody. We have this pandemic on the go, and everyone went crazy with banana bread. It's fall time. Let's make pumpkin bread. Pumpkin bread. Yeah, pumpkin bread, like banana bread. You can even substitute just like go straight one for one. Instead of the bananas, put in the pumpkin. Chef Gordon Bailey, you've (laughs) given us a lot of great ideas uh, regarding the pumpkin He's given us pumpkin to talk about. There we go. That's my job. (laughs) That's a Melissa Etheridge song, isn't it? Let's give us pumpkin to talk talk about. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Uh, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us, man. This is great. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.